0: Podcasting in my pajamas. This is Tiebreaker with Rhea. It's all about capturing journeys, sharing knowledge, and letting you know that struggles are beautiful because growth comes only through efforts and struggles. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's begin the transformation. She is the hardest working person. She literally puts on some lipstick and hustle She began to question why so many domestic companies are limiting themselves and that's when she set out to differentiate Crew Bloom by reinventing the industry. Crew Bloom connects companies with top 2% of global sales and support talent. Every morning she wakes up and thinks how far she can push her company forward in the next 24 hours. Let's welcome... Brianna Carney. Today we have our first guest. Her name is Brianna Carney. She's the founder of Crew Bloom. It's a remote outsourcing company making a difference in the business process outsourcing industry in, in the Philippines. So, Brianna, hello.
1: How are you? Um, I'm excellent. Thank you so much for um, taking the time to to chat and to um, catch up on my journey. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. Just one question.
0: Why only Philippines? Why not Indians?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Great question. So we do have... Um, folks in Central and South America are working um, on our um, bilingual accounts that have that requirement. For us, we look at um, internet connectivity and India is a massive um, player in a massive country. And so when we look at opening that floodgate, our applicant rates um, are, are really high. And so um, just doing our due diligence and responding to all applicants makes India a little challenging. Got you.
0: (laughs) All right. So, Brianna, why don't you share something about you, uh, you know, something about your personal uh, life, personal journey, and then a little bit about
1: uh, Crew Bloom. Yeah, so um, I was born and raised in Minnesota in the Midwest and came to New York um, right after graduating college. Um, spent some time at a small startup and, and Amazon before launching. Um, yeah, I guess just about me as an individual in my spare time, I um, love to run. Um, I also spend a lot of time um, volunteering with and coaching Special Olympics, which is an organization that helps um, athletes um, compete that are differently abled. And yeah, I'm super fortunate. I have awesome friends and family. So when I'm not working, I, I like to catch up with them as well.
0: That's awesome, you know it's it's great that you have amazing family and friends, and how important for you is to balance your work life and your you know your your time with your friends and family i mean is it is it not very difficult i mean what do you think about that?
1: Yeah. So when we launched, um, it was really hard um, just because, of course, we had um, rigorous um, growth goals and um, (laughs) we we just um, didn't really know what was going on, to be honest with you. Like that first year, you just learned so many hard lessons. And um, it's really, really important that um, you're you're kind of um, able to give it your all, so to speak. Um, But now, obviously, over time, um, we Don't feel the fragility that we did um, that first year. And so I am able to um, block time off and um, make time to spend with my loved ones, which um, motivates me and inspires me and and really keeps me um, going. Yeah
0: so do you think it's important to have that family time or do you think like uh, uh, do you uh, support uh, people who are like an extreme level kind of you know is, uh, if they're working they're like extremely into working and they forgot forget about the background forget what's happening around them or you are a kind of a person who wants to balance everything so i am an extreme kind of a person so i don't know how to balance you know my work life my family life it's, it's horrible <laughs>
1: Yeah, and it is hard. The issue is, is that crew bloom isn't just work any longer. Crew um, bloom is part of my DNA, and it's quite literally my child. And so, um, that being the case, um, it's hard sometimes to step away. Like when work needs to get done, um, I just um, do it. Um, But that also being said, it really never is done. And so I think it's really important for me to just be um, really diligent and meticulous about um, this is when you're going to step out of the office and you're going to um, take time to to recharge and and relax. So it's just something I learned over time to be um, pretty diligent about because it's super important. Like burnout's a real thing. And um, I experienced a bit of burnout undoubtedly early on, and that was unproductive.
0: Well said. I mean, you don't consider uh, your company as a work anymore, like, which is, which is great because it is something you're so passionate about something you love doing that it's not just work anymore work anymore. It's like, it's, it's like in your DNA as you said, wow, that's amazing. Uh, you know, so uh, when you said that there were a lot of, uh, breakouts or there were a lot of burnouts what do you mean by that i mean what kind of burnouts or what happened or whatever it is you know the struggles you know as a as a entrepreneur as a to be entrepreneur
1: how how was it yeah so i think for me burnout just um looks like um being unproductive like if we spend um a certain amount of time on a certain process and we don't have any influx of new ideas and new environments um, it really stunts our ability to be creative. And so, if um, there, I mean, there would be week stretches where I w- would um, leave my apartment, maybe to go on runs, um, maybe um get brunch with my girlfriends on a weekend, but aside from that, I was working. And so, um that, I just burned out. Um, so I took my first vacation um, about 18 months ago. I and mean, it's actually the only time I've set an out of office response since inception, but it wow. was so necessary. I just like took a week um, in the Philippines and just like went scuba diving. And it was just so phenomenal. Like I came back to work and I just felt so recharged. And then the, like, even like small um, breaks. So like even over Memorial Day this, um, this past year, I had a three day weekend and came back um on Tuesday and just felt so um rejuvenated. My co-founder and I actually gave the team a three day weekend over the fourth of July because we were just like, this is so important. Like people need time with their loved ones to recharge.
0: Wow, that's that's amazing. Um, you know, uh that gets me to my next question, which is, you know, what, you know, what are your core values as a human being so entrepreneurship uh, business everything is like you talk a lot about entrepreneurship you talk a lot about what's happening in the business now let's consider talking about only you as a human being nothing else so what are your core values as a human being you know as a
1: as just just being you yeah um so i think i um value um individuality and just really um, understanding that, um, the world is, um, a, um, canvas for us to really go out and, um, draw our own journey and story on. And so, um, I think really being mindful of, um, doing what you want on this earth is, um, obviously a privilege of, um, Um, my, um, existence, I guess, obviously being a upper middle class, um, straight Caucasian person, it's a little easier said, um, than done by folks who are less fortunate than myself, but I feel really lucky to, um, be able to, to wake up every day and to spend time on earth doing what I love. I think so often we, um, become in environments or situations where, um, we just don't really love the, the things that we're doing or the time that we spend here. So I really hope to, um make that not my journey. And then I think just like other things, obviously my friends and family mean so much to me. Um, Yeah. So I think that that's what I value most. Wow.
0: Yeah. That, that, that makes sense. Uh, So, you know, the main, uh, one of the main goals of this podcast is to, uh, is to, uh, is to kind of say people that, that, uh, you know, change is beautiful. Like, get some struggles in life, some changes in life leads to something that is like the most, uh, it's very important. The change is very important. If not, you are just growing by size. That's it. And you you don't, you know, nothing gets into your head. So do you also feel the same? Do you think that change is very important? Uh, uh, You know, making some difficult decisions are very important in life or going through some kind of struggles are very important in life? Or if you feel so, or did you anytime faced it or any struggles or any, you know, anything? So what, what do you think about it?
1: Yeah, so I think that um, as humans, we are um, really adverse to discomfort and we um, just typically... Um, structure and environment to make us comfortable, right? So many people just wake up every day, they show up to work, they want to pay their bills, go home, and um, wake up the next day and do that all over again. But I think that for those individuals whom are equipped to really take on more, we're gonna encounter challenges. And I can say without a shadow of a doubt that it's only in the tough times and that the. the um, really difficult periods of my life where I've achieved radical self-growth and improvement and um, really learned. And so I think that actually, um, interesting enough, I'm actually reading a book right now um, called The Obstacles the Way, um, which is just really relevant, just talking about how, um, yeah, just like obstacles and challenges in life um, are what we should seek. Um, and it's just an opportunity for us to overcome. That's exactly awesome. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome.
0: Awesome. And, uh, so you, uh, so is there any surprising incident in your life or is there any drift or any change in your life that made you what you are today?
1: Yes, I think there's many. Um, I think that I am whom I am because, um, I've had really exceptional folks supporting me along the way. My dad obviously being, um, Um, the one that stands out the most. My dad is incredibly supportive and I'm super lucky to have him. Um, Yeah. I I think um, like, I guess in in terms of just like life experiences or things um, that I've gone through, I went through a pretty challenging um, situation Um, about a year, I guess, six months into launching Crew Bloom um, where my 10 year relationship dissolved. And that was pretty challenging for me, but Um, really um, turned out to be um, the biggest blessing of of my life thus far and um, made me who I am today. So I'm super thankful for that.
0: Okay. Dissolving a relationship after being into a relationship for like 10 years is not easy. Definitely not easy. Uh, How did you cope up with that? I mean, how did you, you know, you started your business and then this happened. So how did you manage not getting distracted and also trying to move on from that phase of your life? was it very, you know, just, just share your story.
1: <laughs> so I did spend some time away from New York, um, just really, um, trying to minimize environmental distractions that come along with, um, that emotionally challenging, um, experience that I had, um, just looking at kind of the business and what we did to keep it together. Um, so Kate was brought on, um, my today co-founder to oversee operations when, when Crew Bloom launched. And in that time period, it was really, really clear to me that I was, um, up against um, the the challenge to sort some um, really complex emotional um, um, tasks that would undoubtedly impact the business if if there wasn't um, someone who would would be able to step up and and make higher level decisions. So Kate stepped up into co-foundership at that time. And um, I think that's, that's probably the best decision we've made as a business.
0: Wow. That, that makes sense. Um, so uh, can you tell me a little bit, a little bit more about the journey of you and your co-founder or your first hire that kind of turned into a co-founder, uh, like what kind of, uh, bond you guys share, you know, th- th- like just, just something about your bond, nothing about the business side, but as a person, you know, what kind of person you guys are together, what kind of vibe you guys
1: create, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Good question. Just one second for water. Um. So Kate and I have like a, a really, um, special relationship, not only, um, when it comes to just getting work done. Um, but I think Kate has a unique ability to really, um, disagree and, um, challenge me. So I think that's a really important part of running a business together is you have to go up and, um, make hard decisions every day together. And Kate, um, is, someone that I really respect because she's able, um, to tell me, um, basically just like when to shut up when I'm wrong and that's essential. Um, but so yeah, on a personal level, um, Kate and I obviously have been through so much together, even to like think back, it's been four years, but, I mean, like the sleepless nights, like we've been at like co-working spaces till like five in the morning, like just like trying to get out like contracts and like connect with like the legal team in the, in the Philippines. Like we've just been through so much together that I think at this, um, juncture of, of our relationship, it's, it's more of a sisterhood undoubtedly. Wow.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, you kind of found somebody whom you can trust, whom you can run a business with, who's not even in your city. Like she's like way far from you. And that's the beauty of, you know, getting to know people from all over the world and you never know who changes your life. <laughs> yes. Um, you know how important, you know, I think in our introductory call, you used this, uh, statement, which is still stuck in my head, which is, you know, uh, getting comfortable with having the uncomfortable conversations. And I always want to stress this and I'm always having this in my head. Like, how did you, do you have any experience of this particular phase or where you have to say no to people in front of, you know, you just don't want to, but you have to say no to people or getting into an uncomfortable conversation or whatever it is, because, or you think that you're strong enough, you can do it easily. Like what's, what's your situation
1: in that case? <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think that, um, everything like you can practice behaviors and then, um, that becomes second nature. So, um, yeah, I think I, in particular as a female founder, we tend to struggle with this mindset or mentality that, um, nobody wants to be, um, thought of as, as the cold leader or, um, an unapproachable, um, unempathetic, um, kind individual. But the reality is, is that there's one, um, metric C that's going to keep crew afloat and that's revenue. And so that's what I have to go after and, um, relentlessly seek at all costs. And that's, that's challenging. Um, so yeah, I, I think that that, um, focus and, um, that promise that, that Kate and I've made to ourselves to grow the business has, um, challenged us, um, in certain conversations that typically are uncomfortable, but, but we're able to overcome it. Got it.
0: So you just said about female leaders. So, you know, do you receive any negatives from the, from the world, you know, from around the world for being a woman entrepreneur and also having a woman co-founder? Uh, is, is that still a taboo? Is it still like, okay, you're a woman and you know, something like that. Is it still there? And did you face any of that, I mean, anything of that sort?
1: Yeah, so I think when we look at um, globally or um, even just in the U.S., undoubtedly um, women are, in particular, when we look at in the um, the um, ecosystem and when, when capital is being sought after, I mean, the amount of capital and investment um, put into female-led and female-founded organizations compared to our male counterparts is deplorable, to say the least. However, individually, I've been really fortunate. I, I personally like don't think being a female has been a barrier to my success in any way, shape, or form. If anything, maybe it um, kind of pushed me to kind of um, prove, prove, like, prove um, um, folks wrong. And so, yeah, I do feel fortunate um, that I don't think it's um, a prohibitor to, to our success.
0: Okay, it's, it's not up to your success and your co-founder because she is from Asia and the mentality there is way different from the American mentality. So do you think your co-founder had some issues with the same?
1: Mm, I don't want to speak to Kate, but I think that undoubtedly across the board in the Philippines, um, even just seeing my team's experience, um, there is um, a bit of, uh, I wouldn't, I, I would say, um, obligation to, to be in the home and to do be doing things in the home. Maybe that's just because I um, have seen how much my team just absolutely loves their family and how much they, they value their family. But I would undoubtedly say that there are less women um, working outside the home in um, Asia than there, there are in, in America. And so that poses a number of really deep cultural um, questions and issues. But um in particular, kate, I, I think that um, she she would feel somewhat the same that um, it's been um, something that she's um, really enjoyed proving people wrong
0: makes sense that, that, that that's that's fantastic and um, so you know, what do you? think about you know like this can be a long answer this can be a whatever you actually feel uh, what do you think about going through your fears and coming out like fear of just just fearless you know uh, do you do you think that it is important to kind of uh, face your fears or it is you know like just tell me about something about how a person can become fearless or how okay fearless is a big word but how a person can uh, just kind of go from there, you know, remove this obstacle, face the fear, something of that sort. What do you think as a woman, as a great business owner, you run a business, you have got like, so you have got like around 50 to 70 team members, you're doing amazing. So for you, leading a team of 50 or 70, uh, was that a challenge? You know, were you, uh, were you scared or how to just just how did this become like fearless, according to you?
1: Yeah, so I think that, like, fear, when, in particular, when we look at foundership and the journey of starting a business, um, we have to really understand, or, or I have found really helpful to understand how ego um, plays a role. And so, um, understanding that um, I have a moral obligation to myself to um, have the biggest impact on the world that I that I can and so that being said if I go out and try something and if I fall short the only one that I have to hold accountable is myself um, and so what other people's perceptions of my journey or successes are, are really irrelevant and I think that um, that's something that I'm really learning and putting into practice has paid off in spades for me
0: Awesome. You know, uh, uh, talking about ego and everything. So they are, uh, you know, I feel that words like selfish, you are, you know, if somebody says you're selfish, you're self-centered, you're egoistic, you're rude. And these words are often used in a negative situation where a person is trying to blame a person. Do you actually think that these words are negative or, uh, it should be used to kind of, um, you know, to kind of hurt somebody or, you know, or these words can, you know, selfish, being selfish is like thinking more about yourself. I don't think so. There's a problem in that, but what do you think? Are these words literally negative
1: or it's okay to be like that? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. It's, um, so thought provoking. So I think that like we, so for someone to say you're selfish is a really, like broad sweeping conclusion, for us to identify that certain behaviors um, are are selfish um, is is one thing. So I act selfishly um, in by doing some things, right? Like even running could be said as selfish, right? That's simply only benefiting myself. But I'm not a selfish person. Um, And so just accepting that it is selfish for me to have to sit and try to like drive um, Q2 revenue goals and not show up to my friend's birthday party. Like I can accept that I have to be selfish today, but I'm not a selfish person. And so um, I think really isolating, um, defining an entire being or an entire process as selfish versus I'm really drilling down into like the behaviors and situations is really important.
0: Makes sense. So you were into like eight to 12 months to 16 months, you were like in complete isolation, just focusing on your career, focusing on, you know, you were, you were like, you were working like 16 hours a day, sleeping on your sofa, and you've gone through a lot. And just so that, uh, you know, you can help companies out there with all the remote help, quality remote help possible, right? So, you know, what are the, what are the beautiful things in life that you had to sacrifice to build your own big fat company? Like, what are the things you have sacrificed? So, you know, tell me something more about that.
1: Yeah, so I think when we look at um, sacrifices, one of the things that I revisit often is that a lot of my like, um, inner vibrations and energy is focused on crew bloom so even if i like close my laptop i leave i go away Um, sometimes i even struggle being fully present um in environments that are not work related um, because i continue to revisit um like the company and what i can do to, to better the organization and so that being said i think that the the main sacrifice that i've made is um just not really fully being able to just to, to leave and to like go on a vacation or have like completely a full weekend. Um, like the amount of times, like, just like, um, being like a single woman in New York, like I'll be on a date and I'll be like, sorry, I have to take this phone call. (laughs) Like, like, that's just the way that is. And that's, that's okay. Um, but yeah, I I think that's a sacrifice. That is definitely a, definitely a
0: sacrifice. Wow. That's awesome. Good. So good. Uh, you know, i know that you yeah, you have done a lot and this is like all too much messy conversation right now but Ooh, <laughs> so why uh, when you left amazon you were like you were doing really good at the at the job uh, but then you left this one night and everything changed right you left your job you were kind of about to break up with your uh, boyfriend and you were, you know, just, just just, tell me about that phase of your life when you had everything, but still you chose to leave everything behind and do something new. It, it takes a lot of guts. Trust me, it takes, it takes a huge heart to do that, I might say. <laughs>
1: Of course. So just to um, just to, to make clear, I was with my ex when I left Amazon, we traveled together for a year it was really only when I started crew bloom and unfortunately wasn't able to work less than 16 hour days that our, our relationship truly um, needed to end. But so I, I do recognize that he was supportive in that like first um, period of, of our inception and, and launch. Um, but I think that like, that was hard to be honest with you, like just there were, and I think it's hard, right? Like when you start a business, um, now, like looking back, it's like, great, Brianna. Like, this is so wonderful. Like, congrats. Um, but the reality is, is that like, there were countless hours spent just like with my head down and tears streaming down my cheeks and in, in this exact office. And so I think that, um, really being able to, um, yeah, I, I think, and not overlook the fact that foundership is really tough and, and um, a, a really big um, hill to, to kind of get over and climb is important. And um, supporting yourself and having a accountability system and a support system to help you get through that is essential. And so when I lost that support, um, other folks stepped up in my life. My sister and I's relationship strengthened immeasurably. My dad was always there. Um, he picked up every call and um, gave his, his best advice through every situation. And then of course my team was there as well. Um, They undoubtedly during that time had to pick up some of the slack. And so I'm undoubtedly grateful for them.
0: That's awesome. Awesome. So what is your suggestion if a woman out there wants to become an entrepreneur? What are the things she has to completely get rid of? And what are the things that she has to completely, you know, just, just, what do you call this? Just, take it and you have to do that you know there's no there's no easy way to earn money if i might say so you need to kind of slog your ass out there you need to like struggle hustle all the words so what is your tip for a person who wants to become an entrepreneur uh what do you think is the most important you know, according to you, what is the most important quality an entrepreneur should have no matter what, no matter if it is a girl, no matter if it is a boy, what's that one quality or let's say what's that three qualities that a person should have according to you?
1: So, um, great. So, so looking at the qualities, I think someone needs to be just like relentless. Um, I think empathetic is is also a really important leadership quality that I lacked when Karibum started. Um, just really understanding that like individuals work hardest for organizations that um, that they like and and feel um, aligned to the um, to the um, goal and, and outcome of the company so I think like being empathetic just like relentless and then also I think just being able to sort a lot of different um, ta- like tasks like I have my um, hands in recruitment and product and with our dev team and marketing and sales and client success. And I really just have to do everything. So being able to wear multiple hats is really important. Um, And yeah, I think just like looking at um, advice I would give anyone starting a business is that you aren't going to make money as quickly as you anticipate. Like that's just the reality and the fact. And so... Um, for us, it looked a little different because we got our first account and we were able to get revenue generated pretty quickly. Um, but if not, undoubtedly, so many organizations are not able to, to to reach profitability because if we're looking in particular at SaaS and we're building product and then we have to get product out and we launch into beta, it's just becomes so sticky, right, the faster we can get revenue generated, um, and the longer um, we can withstand um, periods of of low revenue, um, the more likely we are going to be to succeed.
0: So Brianna, can you tell me, uh, you know, you, you said me on our introductory call, you know, you have to work like 15, 16 hours a day uh, until you start generating revenue and then your revenue starts working, you know, for you. You don't have to then invest that many hours or something. So can you say about that? And, you know, so that that'll help something, you know, if you can just explain that particular part, it'll be great. (laughs)
1: Yeah, so I think we get first there's just like this huge sense of like fragility like we look at like the statistics of um, startup failure and it's um, it's really discouraging and so I think like in that first window of um, launch and when the business is, is an infant, you're just trying to like feed it to get, make sure that it can get to the next stage so that maybe there's a chance that it could learn to crawl on its own someday. And like, that would be amazing. And like, that is exactly how it is. Like you're literally raising a child. And the idea is, is that your child at a certain point will become adult an adult and not dependent on you as the founder. So then you have teams in place that can then there um, help, run the, the departments and the business without you and I can go on a vacation and um, not um, be the, the face of the brand, et cetera. And so I think that we reached that juncture where I could step away and Kate can step away and the business will still operate. And that's just a huge win for for any organization.
0: Makes sense. So the first few hours you put in all your 24 hours to that particular work and once you complete like one or two years then they start speaking by itself you know it it starts showing the results awesome now um you know so this this really makes a lot of sense <laughs> oh uh, now now you never gave up that is your quality you never gave up on work never gave up on your clients and everything but when do you think that a person needs to give up you know is there any, you know, do you think a person should give up at some point of time or let it be in personal life or in professional life?
1: Yeah. So that's a phenomenal question. I think like looking at like my life and what I want to do, like my goal is to just like grow and and sell companies. Like I just am an entrepreneur that's what I love to do. And so even if, Crew Bloom wouldn't have, um, sustained and, and made it to profitability, I would have continued to go back and just to try it again. Right. And so, um, I wasn't emotionally tied to Crew Bloom until like about two years in um, wherein it, I was just like trying it. Right. And if, and if we had to, to close our doors, I would have been okay, but I wouldn't have been okay going back and getting another corporate job. And so just really thinking about like, what's next, always just like having an entrepreneurial mindset and looking for opportunities to capitalize on um, and ways in which you can um, sustain yourself and, and achieve your goals is really important. But I think if you're, you're going out and you're like, I want to, generate an app that is going to X, Y, Z, um, that's hard. And, and at some point of time, if if that opportunity isn't um, having a mass impact and isn't generating revenue and isn't going to sustain you and your team, um, it's selfish to not not be able to, to um, hang that up.
0: You said that you were not uh, emotionally attached to your company until the first two years. So what was, when did that happen? When did you started actually you know, it's like, this is my company and I can
1: never let this go. What kind of moment that was? (laughs) Yeah. So I think like, it's just, it's so hard to even kind of like think back. Like, I think like the more time I spend in the Philippines and the more I meet with the families that are working for Crew Bloom, um, um, the more um, real it became. And the reality is, is that like, I wake up every day and I have the, the weight on my backs of not only um, the individuals who work for me as livelihood, but also their families. And so, um, yeah, I think that there was a, a really um, kind of a clear point. I think it was like at a team building and it was just such like beautiful energy. We were like all singing karaoke and it was just like really beautiful. And I was like, I um, really want to take ownership of um, this organization working and having a mass impact.
0: Wow. That's awesome. So, you know, at this point of your time uh do you want to focus on you know do you want to keep building your company or do you also you know expanding your business or you want to start to think about having a family or you know something more of that sort you know as a woman what do you want to do like what's your personal goal like five years down the line where do you want to see yourself
1: (laughs) great question so um, I definitely want to have a child. Um, I think that's, um, probably, um, enough having many, um, like ha- having a family in New York is really, really challenging. Um, but yeah, I think that for me to, um, hold myself to a timeline is, is really unfair today and tomorrow and, um, for, um, the, the rest of the, the fiscal year, I'll undoubtedly be just, um, focusing on client growth and kind of picking up um, some pieces that, that, um, have been uh, misplaced since COVID. Um, yeah, I think that the, the future lies for my focus on um, growing Crew Bloom and um, just making sure that Kate and I are on the same page with where we, we want to take the business. Awesome.
0: And, um, you know, a lot of about talking about the personal journey, but I'm definitely sure that listeners might want to know something about something educational stuff, something about the niche of your business. So I have a couple of questions that I want to ask before we go. (laughs) Uh, The first question is, you know, uh, a person can, you know, let a person have like, he might have a million dollar brain, but if the person cannot manage a team, the person can never, you know, never become successful. So how do you think one can build a better relationship with their team, with their employees? Because seeing you guys, you guys meet once a year, you guys have so much of fun. It looks like me seeing from here, I'm seeing your profile on social media and everywhere. And I'm like, I want to join this company, you know? So what is that you guys do to keep your employees, keep your, team so happy and so content that they don't want to leave you?
1: (laughs) Yeah, so that's a a good question. And I think something we've learned a lot of lessons um, over time um, surrounding. So I think first um, things first is to just like recognize that at the end of um, Crew Bloomer's life, um, I would hope for one thing, right, that they would remember we, I had that one job that was that was good that I didn't hate showing up um, for every day and and I, I liked what I did there. The most important thing um, is our, our um, family and loved ones and, and our um, passions and interests. And so really recognizing work-life balance, I think is really important and having a remote model really empowers us to do so. But on the flip side, like having a remote team is, a, it's a little bit more work. Like we have to do, yes. uh, like we have team happy hour and we like last on Friday, we just like, it was so fun. We like um did like charades. Like we just like acted out like, it's just like so fun. Right. And it just bonds us as an organization. Um, I still am able to hop on um, bi-weekly calls with my team and my direct reports, which we call a human huddle. So literally just a few minutes to catch up on how's the family, like how was your nephew's birthday party, that sort of um, catch up, because it's important, right, that I recognize that they're humans and not just um, waking up every day to to come show up to work. And so I think that that goes both ways, right, sharing with them and um, making us all humans, um, just working towards one common goal is really important. Um, but then, yeah, we have Crew Bloom Gives Back initiatives. So quarterly, we go out and we do beach cleanups, or volunteer at an orphanage, or wow. plant trees—something some, fun um, that is also um, going to contribute to folks that are less fortunate than us and, and the environment. Um, and then, yeah, we have team team buildings, which are awesome, and just like sing karaoke and um, just get to know one another because um, we work really hard, and it's best to accomplish great things along folks that you like.
0: Wow. So you mean that in spite of you being the C-suite decision maker, you know, every, all your team members, you know, everybody, what's happening in their family, not exactly like you have that personal touch with them. And that makes you, it makes both of you kind of attached, not just professionally, but you guys have a personal bond. So this helps to boost the productivity plus helps to keep the employee with you kind of forever. Right? So this is like one of your greatest...
1: correct yeah Yeah, i think attrition is something that our industry and the bpo space has really struggled with yes so yeah we've um, tried to overcome it in a number of ways but um just like me personally like i care about them they they like literally are um the breadth of our organization and so um i do want to know how the the nephew's birthday party was
0: (laughs) (laughs) so you said that you know the pressure is a lot you know people kind of it's like the the age is like like eight to nine months, you know, every employee kind of leads the company in eight to nine months because of pressure, because of whatnot. So are you guys facing the same issues still in spite of doing so many things? Or do you think that the, you know, they're actually kind of with you guys for a long period of time, if you compare with others, other companies?
1: Yes, I think we've um, done much better than that. Undoubtedly, there are still um, areas for improvement and, and ways mm-hmm. that we can improve, but. We've undoubtedly, um, I, I think, um, put the eight to nine month period um, to retirement, which which we're thankful for. I think that the 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 goal, and when we look at like really understanding and diving into like why is it that you're leaving organizations? Um, it's just two reasons, right? Like I don't like the company that much, and I'm not being compensated fairly. And so we we have to take both things into consideration.
0: Makes sense. Makes sense. So this is your greatest tip for, you know, how to actually build a relationship with your employees or steam. Similarly, you know, what do you think is a very, very, very important factor for client satisfaction, you know, like getting a client and keeping sticking with that client forever, you know, not, not, you know, being affordable, not being a like these are like basic. So we know that we have, you know, if you're affordable clients might come to us, but not just that, but not just uh, submitting the projects on, you know, before the deadline or on the deadline, what are the other factors that helps to create a bond with clients that, you know, that they, they never want to leave you apart from all these basic things that we already do? So what is your super advice that, you know, it says, okay, this is something you have been doing and you have kept your clients forever?
1: Yes, I think it's two things. One is just ethics. So just doing right by them and um, not being like penny pinchers and just like shaving um, and trying to increase margins and just Mm -hmm. cut corners. Um, I think that's really important. Um, And then just like client appreciation, like we send them plans and um, really just reach out, um, um, showing our gratitude for them. But I I think that like just across the board, it just has to be like your service. Like if they could find better talent elsewhere um, and those folks would be more affordable, um, we'd be at risk. So we just try to continue to deliver for them and surpass expectations. And um, we've been able to to keep them happy with the results. Wow. That's awesome.
0: And, um, next is, you know, I think if I, I, I kind of, uh, I saw your videos. I saw your, uh, there was one more podcast out there from some remote, uh, you know, there was this remote podcast something. And then they asked you, what are the most five important tools that you want to use you know, <laughs> or do you guys use in your company? I you know I I heard everything, but I think that this is also important for people who are listening to us. Like, what are the most five important tools that you never ever you know you you cannot live without? That is that that technology has taken over. The five important tools that you kind of need, you know, uh, to manage a remote
1: team. That's a great <laughs> question. So, I think um, time doctor is um, has been our. Um, Um, partner since inception. So that's our remote workforce management software. Um, They take screenshots throughout our um, contractor shifts and track keystrokes and mouse clicks, that sort of thing. And that's a really important piece of the puzzle. Um, Monday is just our team um, task manager. So we have like project breakdowns and boards and just kind of what we're trying to accomplish. That's where my team just kind of logs their activity and outcomes and where they're pacing towards goal. Um, I think Slack and Skype are essential. Just like having a communication platform is really important. Um, Obviously, like our our CRM partner, we've been I'm quite happy with HubSpot. I think they've delivered and done a good job for us. Obviously, Salesforce also is um, trusted by, um, I would say, the majority of our client partners. And so that's important. And then RingCentral um, is our VoIP provider. And so just having Awesome. folks I'm um, calling with um, local numbers and being um, SMS capable is essential for our um, um, s- sales and growth initiatives. So yeah, I'd say those are um, in essential tools to invest in. Um, but there's so many like, yes.
0: Do you believe in the micromanage concept? Do you want to manage? Do you want to, uh, you know, yeah, simple question. Do you believe in micromanage?
1: So I I believe in it, as in like I I know it exists. I don't think it's effective for for me or for um, my remote team in particular. So like I know um, leaders micromanage folks, right? And um, unfortunately, I think that that's a leadership style based off fear and um, the inability to hire um, great folks, right? Like my team's phenomenal. Like we audit time, doctor, and I make um, certain that they're working. And that's um, I have a team that oversees and, and does audits, but we as an organization don't micromanage our teams. We set forth very, very clear um, expectations and goals and empower them with processes that are clear so that they can get those those goals accomplished. And so I think no one wants to be micromanaged. And I think that it's um, almost a sophomoric leadership style.
0: Got it. You know, whenever you're talking in every sentence, you're saying that my team is phenomenal. And that actually sounds, you know, like, you are so passionate about your team. You're so passionate about your company. You love your team. And it's more like, my, you know, more like a family to you. And no doubt, these are the reasons, why, you know, why you are what you are today. You know, <laughs> that definitely means a lot. Uh, so I have just a few more questions, just a couple of them. <laughs> uh, the one and the most important thing is for you. What's your life policy? just just in like three words four words what's your life policy
1: that's yeah (laughs) I love it um maybe um thrive don't survive yeah Mm -hmm. just set out to thrive and just set out every day um to to challenge yourself and to make yourself a better um human on this earth so you can be a better neighbor and a friend and
0: awesome set out to thrive yeah this is gonna be in my caption awesome (laughs) Awesome. All right. So before we go, uh, Brianna, uh, the most important takeaways from this conversation could be, you know, just top three takeaways from this conversation so that people would want to know, uh, you know, just tell us like top three takeaways that every human being should know, you know, whoever is listening to
1: this. Yeah. So, um, I think that there's a lot of fluff surrounding how difficult it is to start a business. And I think that like, there's no way to really learn unless you like set out and start doing. And so I just encourage anyone that's listening to this or anyone on earth, um, to just, to just do what you want to do. Um, if you have a dream, um, like make that, um, a memory or reality, um, because it, it can be done. Like there's no, um, limits on this earth. And it's one of the, the greatest gifts of humankind. Um, uh, other things just like have fun with like life. Don't like take anything too seriously. Like, I don't know, just like there's always going to be a a new chapter opened, which might seem um, easier or better than than the last one. But just try to um, find joy in in the small moments. Like if I could go back and um, redo that first year again. I'd, um, I'd do so in a heartbeat. So, um, yeah, I just wish I wasn't quite so hard on myself. And then, um, yeah, lastly, just um, obviously, I feel so strongly about Crew Bloom and the power of the global workforce. So, I really encourage organizations um, to really think carefully about hires that they make. It's really, really important. And to not um, be inward think- thinking and have an inward-facing mentality, but to really look at um, your your talent pool as um, the, the whole global workforce, I think, is really important. That's
0: awesome. Uh, when you say that, uh, look at you know the hire. What are the what are the qualities that you look out for a person when you're trying to make your hire? Like when you hire somebody, what's that important factor that determines your hire? Yeah.
1: So we have seven core values at Crew Bloom, and all seven of them are um, interviewed for. Um, so we're looking for folks that. Not um, uh, that that demonstrate one um, past experience or one strength or quality, but rather a a pretty diverse one. And so, I think that's really important. Like uh, very clearly and very early on, your hiring decisions can't just be made based off instinct because you'll fall short. And we learned a lot of hard lessons with that. And so, I think that um, if you start to be meticulous with whom you're um, bringing onto the organization, it's going to pay off in spades. There's nothing more costly than than that of a bad hire.
0: That makes sense to me. Awesome. And, uh, before we go, I'm sorry, you know, this, the giveaway points actually got me one more question. Do you think a degree is important to become an entrepreneur? Do you think there's some kind of education is, education is needed to become an entrepreneur or you think that you just need some brains and hard work? Like what's your take on that?
1: Um, so I do think that the, um, um, education system is put on a pedestal that it doesn't deliver upon so I think that by and large um, a co- college education is a potential social advantage and, and it allows you to network with folks um, but that's pretty limited to certain business schools. I um, think that there should be no limitations placed on any individual um, regardless of whether they um, finished um Um, college or not I think that being literate and being able to read and write is really the only requirement to being a successful entrepreneur
0: awesome thank you thank you so much Brianna it means a lot thank you so much for coming and all the best for crew bloom all the best for everything and thank you know you you knew that I don't you know it it, is like my one of my first recordings but then you gave a chance and it really 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 means a lot thank you so much for coming in (laughs)
1: Thank you so much for doing what you do. It's so important and special and your your, um, questions are so relevant. So um, yeah, I look forward to keeping in close touch. Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today, guys. I really hope you got some value out of this. Love you all and stay tuned for our next show. Bye-bye.